welcome back to the siblings cast watches his dark materials a podcast where five siblings watch all eight episodes of the hbo slash bbc series his dark materials and talk about them we're so glad to have you here this week we're talking about episode two the idea of the north to get things started we're going to let kate give a brief rundown of just what happens in this episode and then dive right into the conversation Episode 2, The Idea of the North. Our airship lands in London, arriving at Mrs. Coulter's Art Deco penthouse, complete with shiny floors and a locking elevator. In contrast, we see Roger in an old abandoned building with small steel beds and what we can only assume to be the other missing Egyptian children, an assumption soon verified by Roger recognizing none other than Billy Costa. Back at the apartment, we find Mrs. Coulter and Lyra having breakfast out on the terrace, and while Lyra says she's never been scared of heights, Mrs. Coulter confesses that she's never been sure of them, and that she could never get away from the occasional urge to jump. With that, she offers the exciting news that they will be lunching at the Arctic Institute. Once at the Arctic Institute, Lyra behaves with all her energetic enthusiasm, which leads Mrs. Coulter to tell Lyra that she can mold her, teach her how to wield her power over other people, but she must trust her, starting with allowing her to find Roger without Lyra's help. The Egyptians have also made it to London and discovered a lead on the missing children. They decide to raid the building where they believe the children to be kept. Their raid goes smoothly, meeting no opposition as they burst through the door, only to find that the children were not there. Billy Costa's discarded sweater found on the floor, however, provides them the proof they need to know that they are on the right track. In the new rundown building where the children were moved to, Roger assures Billy with absolute certainty that Lyra will find them. Back at Jordan College, the master meets with Boreal, denying his request to examine Grumman's skull. Boreal tries to intimidate the master over Azriel's heresy to no effect. Later, Boreal ignores the master's denial and secretly searches the crypt himself. He finds the, school, the skull that they claim to be Grumman's, but realizes it was not him. He then crosses through a portal into what appears to be an Oxford much more similar to our own, with no flood and, as we soon learn, no demons. With Lyra and Mrs. Coulter, we begin to see what she meant by molding Lyra, but Pan is not convinced that they need to or should change. Lyra later opens up to Mrs. Coulter about dust, and while Mrs. Coulter's questioning seems benign, Pan notices her demon in distress and signals to Lyra to not tell Mrs. Coulter who taught Lyra about dust. For the second night in a row, Pan hears a sound in the walls. When they go to investigate, they find that the monkey in the study and Mrs. Coulter on the other side of the apartment. This is something that is very distressing to both Lyra and Pan, something that Pan calls unnatural and painful. Mrs. Coulter's demon pays the price for this discovery with a hard slap to the head. At the Magisterium, we learn that the General Oblation Board, the official name for the Gobblers, have an increasingly unstable relationship with the Magisterium, with the Cardinal even threatening to shut down the Oblation Board entirely if people take any more notice of the missing children. Mrs. Coulter warns Lyra to stay in her room as she meets with members of the Magisterium, a request that Lyra does not heed. She is discovered listening at the door of Mrs. Coulter's study, where we discover that Mrs. Coulter is a part of the General Oblation Board, and that they are studying dust, though Lyra does not know that this is the Gobblers. Mrs. Coulter then swiftly sends out the Magisterium members before coming to a head with Lyra. Lyra accuses Mrs. Coulter of losing control and being angry. Mrs. Coulter then makes her demon attack Pan, and the pain that Pan feels, Lyra also feels. Mrs. Coulter is still seemingly in control until Lyra mentions Azriel, to which she reveals that Azriel is, in fact, Lyra's father. Good job, Caleb, for calling that from moment one. A truly devastated Lyra again consults the alethiometer, and though she doesn't notice it, this time, it moves. 
Later, Mrs. Coulter tells Lyra that Roger has not been found, so he's probably back at Jordan College and that he was never missing at all. When Lyra accuses Mrs. Coulter of lying, she responds with a much more terrifying rendition of takes one to no one. When Mrs. Coulter leaves the apartment, Pan suggests that he and Lyra sneak into the study. They use the secret passageways in the walls that the monkey uses to get around and spy throughout the house. Lyra finds plans for a place up north called The Station, where she sees an image of a person and their demon in cages, and a blade. Meanwhile, Mrs. Coulter is visiting the missing children, having them write letters to their loved ones that she will later burn. Roger writes his letter to Lyra, telling her that they are taking them north to the station. Back at the apartment, Lyra and Pan hear the elevator being called, signifying Mrs. Coulter's return. They race back through the tunnel and back to their room, sitting at the desk mere seconds before Mrs. Coulter's demon comes running into the room. Later, at a party, Lyra is confronted by a journalist who tells her that Mrs. Coulter is the head of the General Ablation Board, which is the Gobblers, leading Lyra to make a daring escape and the journalist's demon to be crushed by Boreal, effectively killing her. Back at the abandoned warehouse, the Bobaton-looking bitch tells the captured Egyptian children and Roger that they will now begin their journey to the north. Pan and Lyra, while having escaped Mrs. Coulter, wander the streets in a determined but futile attempt to find Roger, and are instead found themselves by the whistling man and the fox with the glowing eyes. That was chilling. Very nice. So much happened. It was a pretty packed episode. Yeah. It was packed, but it was i don't know i think the pacing was so good like it it somehow felt like every new thing Mm -hmm. was still driving the story and also like the intensity yeah like i feel like it i mean it starts off kind of you know with the introduction and you see uh lyra getting the new clothes and getting pampered and then the deal with um at Jordan College, but from the moment that Pan gets attacked, I like I don't think my heart stopped racing <laughs> till the till the end of the episode. It was crazy. Yeah. I honestly the first time I was watching it, like I feel like we learned so much new information by the time that he walked through the portal into the other Oxford that I was like, Oh my gosh, the episode is over. And it would have only been 20 minutes. Mm. And we learned even more after that. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. It was very resolving as much as it was um, presenting new questions, which was nice. Yeah. I honestly didn't, I didn't think that we would find out so much information in the second episode. Like even with Miss Coulter, like, um, the beginning of it seeming, you know, she's like with her relationship with Lyra starts out okay still and then very quickly changes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And even just the reveal of Azriel being her father, her father coming right. pretty early in the episode and also it being episode two. <laughs> right. Um I I can't remember exactly when. I mean, I'm assuming that it happened the same in the books. I don't remember exactly when uh, that reveal takes place in the books, but it was it. It felt so natural mm-hmm. in that scene too, just with her being like angry mm-hmm. and like so out of control, which is something that I think Lyra points out. 
and just being so uncharacteristic of Miss Culture yeah. to lose well, control and like I, that. I think like being in control is such a driving factor of her character that to have Lyra of all people point out that she was out of control or like that she lost mm-hmm. control like infuriated her so yeah. much to the point where she could just show Lyra what it actually looked like when she lost control um that moment where she just goes huh, and like I mean just mm. that like ang- just that one little like br- angry breath that she gives and then her demon just takes it out on pan was just like terrible. yeah I was so scared that whole time that was I felt so bad for pan I was oh I hate that monkey fuck the monkey same and finding and finding out that li- like that they're connected to their demons like that mm-hmm. in a way that we hadn't seen yet like that yeah. um pan was being um caused pain to him and then it was yeah like liar was yeah the same thing to her yeah. yeah the monkey had pan by the ear and she was holding her yeah, and she ear. was like on the fucking ground too oh it yeah. hurt me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was hard to watch mm-hmm. it is yeah something- the way oh, so that you go ahead. No, yeah, the way that they filmed that was just so uh intense oh, yeah. and terif- terrifying. Yeah. Even though you're I mean, you're essentially watching two CGI <laughs> creatures fight each other, which is not like something that is unfamiliar to our uh to our brains at this point. But just the way yeah. that it was filmed on the ground. The emotional connection. Uh, it just seems yeah. the emotional connection with having Lyra mm-hmm. also crumbled also to the floor on and the screaming. ground and so much of the shots of her were like low to the ground as well so like the shots almost being like they were sharing like between Lyra and Pan that mm-hmm. same like mm-hmm. you know that that same angle just like connect showing that connection even more yeah and i'm pretty sure she's she says stop you're hurting us yeah she mm-hmm. does yeah real golem hours <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Except, different. Yeah. Except completely different. <laughs> what I do think also is interesting is the fact that, like, somehow using the demons to, like, using her, Mrs. Coulter using her demon to attack Lyra's demon almost felt more physically abusive than if she actually would have mm-hmm. hit Lyra. Mm-hmm. Like the the fact that they she used you know like it's just, yeah it's like another level of control. Yeah. That like she'll just get someone else to do her dirty work to Lyra and like oh. But also it's like her soul. But it's mm-hmm. her soul. Like yeah. it's something yeah. deeper, you know? Like if you think of something that's so deep causing pain to something else that is like so deep in somebody else. Yeah, that's not like physically It's more connected. than physical. Yeah. It's the physical pain was showing this like really deep, almost some like emotional, spiritual like mm-hmm. pain, you know, and trauma. Of the soul. <laughs> Yeah, that's intense. That's why I don't I don't necessarily even want to call the monkey her demon because 
what it looks like just from the blueprints was that they're trying to separate the demons from the host, I guess. Uh, but I mean, I, I haven't seen any of the other episodes or anything yet, but I think, I don't know why though. That's the only, that's the only thing that's a little pondering for me. Well, I think you just see such a disconnect with her Mm -hmm. and her demon. Mm -hmm. Like the way, like you see Lyra and how she interacts with Pan and then you see her like smack like her her. monkey. And I, I don't, yeah. Like there's also this, like it, stood out to me the second time I was watching it just the relationship between uh, Mrs. Coulter and her demon stood out to me the second watch through because like even in the um, in the scene where Mrs. Coulter is washing Lyra's hair and Pan is just like you know walking on the um, edge of the tub and Mrs. Coulter's demon is sitting as like by the door facing away from mm-hmm. her and then later on we still see that and like almost like when mrs coulter catches her demon like looking at her in a moment of maybe vulnerability like she is not happy that she's his her demon is witnessing that and he kind of like looks away mm-hmm. so it is this like this insane distancing um and also just I was just kind of thinking about this idea of like, like self harm, mm-hmm. and just the fact that she causes so much pain throughout the entire episode. Um, like earlier, when I first watched the scene, when and I think we should talk about this too, when Lyra brings up dust the first time. The first time I watched it, I thought that she was, like, calming her demon, like, trying to, like, keep it from, like, lashing out or, like, showing its emotion. But the second time, it actually kind of looked like she was, like, gripping its head. Like, she was, like, taking out her, like, in order to, like, keep herself calm, she was, like, gripping the monkey's head. I don't know if that's actually what was happening, but the second time I watched it, it looked like she was actually causing him pain. But I yeah. don't know if that's if I can, anybody else I can saw see it that, that. Way. I think, yeah. Because when I watched it, it almost seems like because you know how Pan and Lyra kind of like work together, you know, whenever they're processing through like different situations, they'll talk yeah. to each other a lot. And they have that connection that I just don't feel with um Mrs. Coulter and her and her demon. That's why it almost feels like it could be like something else entirely, like not a demon, but pretending to be a demon or something. Or I don't know. I just I don't know why, but I'm so stuck on it seems like they're trying to sever the connection between the monkeys. Because when she hit her monkey, it didn't hurt her, as far as we know. Right. Or either she's just not reacting. Because mm-hmm. I noticed that too when her when Pan and him are fighting. It shows Pan, like, biting Mm -hmm. the monkey and scratching the monkey, and she reacts not at all. But I also don't know if that is, like, this weird thing where she's kind of – almost seems like she's cut herself off from so much of herself. Yeah. To me, at least. I do want to say that when Lyra was looking through the blueprints in her study – 
one of them looked like like mm-hmm. what you said, like the the children and the demons in cages. Yeah, it looked, separated. and they had like the yeah. So yeah, and so if she's like figured out some way to separate herself from hers, and then that's some gonna be some sort of a plan. Like I don't. I, I don't understand her. And it <laughs> She's so complex. Like, yeah. She is. Because in some scenes, it'll look like she's, um, like, looking at Lyra with affection. And then in an instant, she can change. Yeah. And it's just so, it's so frustrating that I can't figure her yeah. out. Yeah. Well, I mean, right after, but, right after Pan, like, she had her demon attack Pan, like, and then she revealed... Azrael's parent like or you know that she was Azrael was her father when Lyra runs out of the room she like runs after her and is like I can't remember exactly what she said basically like it's not where we come from but it's like what we do with what we have like she's like just like in a moment of like really intense sympathy for the pain that Lyra is feeling and like trying to offer some kind of Right, you know, she showed like genuine emotion towards Lyra and and towards the whole situation. Like she was connected to that situation emotionally. Watch her be the mom. Well, I was gonna say what's interesting is that she talked about Asriel having like always having a woman on his arm. That the way she talked about Mm -hmm. it, like, was I think she holds contempt for him or something. But, I mean, I definitely think there's more to their relationship. But because he's, you know, never around, we can't really, you know, we can't see them interact. We don't know. We can't talk to him about her. He's kind of... Yeah, well, we haven't seen yeah. him in the same scene yeah. at all yet. But she obviously knows a lot about him. And that could could just be their profession. But I don't really think that she's, you know, like as much of an adventurer or whatever as he is because she seems to be heavily tied down with the magisterium and the uh the gobbler initiative well because I, I feel like her sole purpose right now is to go to the north and to get into the, the other yeah kingdom, yeah whatever it's called and i just yeah i think what was interesting um when she was talking about asriel like after she re- revealed that he was lyra's father is that she was like, you know, it was his I he took he's the one that took you to Jordan College to protect you. And then she was like, you know, they couldn't protect a painting if it was or drawn on the wall or something mm-hmm. like that. Like and but I also like her she's it's like weird, like she's not actually part of the magisterium, it doesn't seem like. Like she yeah. it looks like she's like, like funded by yeah. yeah, like they are funding her work. And so, and, like, she obviously has, like, some kind of contempt for them. You can kind of see it when they have that, like, private Mm -hmm. meeting in her house. And, but, so what I got from that was just that she, she believes, like, her search for, like, whatever, you know, her life's work is, which I guess is this, like, whatever the gobblers are actually doing, Mm -hmm. um, she is like, if I can do it under the nose and like funded by the magisterium, then I am actually in more in control and more powerful than like outright 
going against them like Azrael because that's just not being smart because she's just (laughs) she like she's manipulative like that's her power you know is getting what getting people to behave the way that she wants them to so I almost feel like her like full-on drive to her life's work she's just using the magisterium to get there right and I I think too in a lot of ways you see especially in this episode like if if episode one was kind of about us learning about Azriel's character and how what he is doing and what he is about and how he interacts with the world and has chosen to especially interact with Lyra then in this episode you really see um how Miss Coulter is kind of the opposite of that yeah whereas she has decided to get them to like you were saying fund whatever experiment she's doing and also you get you see the the opposite of how she interacts with Lyra where um Azriel would just abandon her um and we don't know if she has any um prior relationship to Lyra but she has a relationship now that seems to be pretty embracing and wants to teach her stuff um and then you also see the difference between uh Azriel's connection with his demon where it's very much a collaborative mm-hmm. um kind of relationship where his demon is constantly reminding him stuff and helping and he's saying all right go ahead and find us a path off this mountain i'm packing up now mm-hmm. and like and then this demon reminding him about Lyra in the cupboard or whatever. And then you see Miss Coulter's relationship where we've never heard her demon speak. Or her speak uh, she her seems... the demon either. Yeah, or, I mean, uh, yeah. other than just uh, physically abusing right. it. And then, obviously, they have this, as Pan says, unnatural ability to be mm-hmm. incredibly far away from one another which is another thing that we learned in this episode as well just being that apparently to be so far away from your demon is could cause pain and it's Mm -hmm. just something that is so unnatural that lyra seems revolted and like disgusted and she keeps being like what is like really interesting yeah like to it like yeah like she's obviously not human like that's how (laughs) unnatural it is in lyra's mind that she would say what is she yeah after that happened that's why i like crazy guess i don't think the monkey is her demon and I think it's someone her- turned into an animal. I think someone that she knows that she like <laughs> either worked for got turned into like a monkey or something to pretend to be her demon. But I think it's like I just I don't think it's her it's her actual demon. I think she's pretending. I love that we have yet to see any kind of magic in this world and you're like, but somebody <laughs> turned into a monkey. Hey, that weird looking contraption, I don't know. And the fact that it hasn't talked, we haven't heard it talk. I don't know. I feel like it's like, uh, you know, like a science project that she's that she did or something. But I don't trust any of it. Or just the fact that she has maybe spent years mm-hmm. disconnecting or doesn't even believe in having a sort of relationship with 
your demons, maybe right. that's like her belief system and it has spent years disconnecting from it to the point where it no longer is necessarily a part yeah. of her. Mm-hmm. It also like, if there's a way to disconnect them like that, since it doesn't speak and maybe they've lost that connection and that's why her, right. You know. It doesn't act like the other demons Can, because they don't has have it been and she doesn't as, feel or like is she like if she won't allow it even to have that connection with her, right. like she won't allow it to see her or speak to her. Exactly. And like, part. That's more part how I feel as of well. Just like watching Mrs. Coulter in this episode made me like, it just made me think of like depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, I mean like the very like kind of more obvious uh, I guess, like, pointer to that was when she told Lyra that she sometimes had mm-hmm. random suicidal thoughts. Um, and then going, and then that scene where she's, like, at in the bathtub and she's, like, staring at the water. Like, I don't know, there's just these things where, like, it just made me think of the emotional disconnect that can come with mental illnesses and things like depression, um, which also tied into, like, her almost this like continuous use of like self-harm against her demon mm-hmm. at, while at the same time not feeling right yeah, yeah. those were my Anything. thoughts yeah. i mean <laughs> sorry <laughs> yes <laughs> i agree no. yeah i think i was thinking of, about this today too just thinking about the idea that when especially uh just feeling more empathy for her than I expected Mm. just being how people sometimes shut off parts of themselves as a defense mechanism after feeling some kind of hurt Mm -hmm. or trauma. And then if that were to be outwardly outwardly shown through a connection with a demon, what would that look like? Would that look like that your demon doesn't talk or, or that you, have suddenly been able to shut yourself off of or shut down that part of yourself so much that it you can mm-hmm. separate it from yourself or become separated from your demon in such a way that you are able to be distances apart that for other people seem unnatural. Um, and just thinking about what might that trauma be or what, yeah. Might that part of herself that she's Did cut it feel... and shut down. And then like when she was talking, uh okay. sorry, just one more thought. Uh when she was talking to Lyra in the um oh shoot, they had lunch at the Institute. Arctic uh Institute and she's she's telling her, Look around, do you see any mm-hmm. other women mm-hmm. here? And just wondering like how much of her ambition and how much of the her defense mechanism and and how much of her separation from her demon comes from the fact that she is an an, an ambitious woman and in a place where there are no other women. Yeah, and I, I just found that idea really interesting I think, as well. Did it? I mean, did it almost feel in certain instances like shame as well? Because mm. I kind of felt like. So we know that the demons are very specifically gendered to be the opposite gender of the human. 
So we've learned that Mm -hmm. all men have female demons and all women have male demons. And the fact that when she was like washing Lyra's hair, like her demon was faced away, it felt less like, so there's like, I don't know, it felt less like privacy and more like shame. Like she was like shaming and shamed that there would be someone of the opposite gender in a moment like that. Whereas Pan was all like it was that innocence of children. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas for her and her demon, it was like very specifically paced, like looking away. And that to me just was like shame. That's shame. That's shaming, shaming the demon and also shaming herself. You Mm -hmm. know, like that's what it felt like to me, which I think ties in potentially to that fact of one, where is like what kind of trauma would cause her to shut off so much from herself and also tying into the fact that she is a woman almost constantly surrounded Mm -hmm. by men. Yeah. And yeah, just thinking about then she has this what what we know to be opposite gendered demon that also doesn't mm-hmm. talk and she does not want to and I yeah, I just think about how would that feel for someone like Miss Coulter who is trying to excel in a in a world where she seems to be the only <laughs> the only woman uh, uh, at her status to then be told things about herself by a male voice. Like what would mm-hmm. that feel like? Yeah. <laughs> and what would that, mm-hmm. what would, would that in turn sound like everyone right. else telling you something around her and, and just silencing that seems just, yeah, just, I, I found that idea to be interesting and, and something right. I never thought about until, until this yeah, episode. I mean, I mean for yeah, like, for me, I just, a lot of the times from the monkey, I just saw like such sadness Mm. and it's, I don't know. It's just like, there's these pieces of her that she's cut off and it's like, you can see it coming from him. Yeah. I mean, he almost feels like a traumatized child sometimes. Like he knew he was going to get, like he knew he was going to get assaulted basically when he like raced back from getting caught from Lyra to like appear beside Mrs. Coulter. And in that scene, he, it's so heartbreaking. He like reaches his little monkey paw up trying to hold her hand and she lets him eventually, but he's like, it's almost like he's like, like almost like, please don't hurt me. I'm sorry. Like, he's, like, reaching up, like, he's, he, and, I mean, these are CG (laughs) things, so you know that any of those move, any of those things that they Mm -hmm. do are really thought out, because they're not just animating for no reason, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was just, like, that kind of, for me, felt like he knew he was about to get hurt by her, and... I don't know, just kind of this image of this traumatized child of, like, reaching out to her, like, I'm sorry, like, please also don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting that you say, to like, the only times that I feel any kind of empathy for 
that evil <laughs> monkey is when he's he's literally not mm-hmm. doing anything and he's just sitting there because it looks so <laughs> sad. I mean, it just looks it looks incredibly sad. And then the only times it doesn't is when it's like on a task or like when it's obviously uh, yeah. attacking Pan. I don't feel anything, but hate <laughs> for that monkey. <laughs> uh, but even when it even when they come back from the uh, from the gobbler station and he like races in. I mean, he has a look of like determination mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. anger. Well, we see and, what like, happens when he fails in. her. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And that's, and that's very, it's almost like very true. She's I converted him into more like a tool than an actual companion. Yeah. To do all her dirty work. Right. Yeah. Well, right. he's her spy. <laughs> I mean, we saw that from him going through the the um shit what's it called mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah the vents and stuff right he's just spying for her so that she can remain in control of what is lyra doing and how mm-hmm. is she behaving and what is she getting into and he's kind of the spy right and i mean and i think that goes back to like what what do we do sometimes with our with our hurt or our trauma uh like you can either wallow in it or you can turn it into a tool and or um whether that be a healthy tool uh or a destructive unhealthy tool and i think yeah and a destructive tool i mean i think miss coulter sees it as a Mm -hmm. an ambitious tool or a a a tool to yeah progress forward i mean to have that to have that like i have to have power over everyone Mm -hmm. even myself is what it feels, you know, like it's so far of just like having power over everyone. It's like even this, what you're saying, like he's supposed to be her companion, her soul, you know, like it's this sacred relationship between, you know, human and demon. And she has like cut herself off from it so that she can control it. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's crazy. Hey, this is Jess, and you're listening to The Siblings Cast. I thought it was interesting. I kind of wanted to go back to when we were talking about the um, the bathtub scene. And mm-hmm. um, when you were mentioning that, uh, how he was turned away because, um, you know, Pan had more innocence. Uh, and so that's why he was, you know, like on the bathtub and being so close to the both of them during that time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's the like a hint of the connection between dust and why you know it only affects children or like it only affects adults in a sense that they're constantly covered by it that mm-hmm. the, you know the more experience that a person has and the more like roughness that they had to go through I guess in their life in the world it can block their view of you know the you know the unimaginable essentially and um you know, I think that's why she's having to get all these children is because she's obviously, you know, she's an adult and she's had, you know, some of pretty, pretty rough life to, you know, if she's willing to go this far and disconnect herself from her, from her demon and all the, for whatever the reason. But I just think it's interesting that, you know, it's, there's still, it's very 
obvious that, you know, adults and children are completely different in this world when it comes to how they live life and how they interpret things. And the fact that, you know, they're constantly changing, they're very malleable, which is why, you know, Miss Coulter wants to essentially groom uh, Lyra into yeah. becoming another tool uh, to control people. Um, I just think it's really interesting that, you know, that they're still so focused on these children and that especially Lyra, because, you know, she's apparently special. But I just thought that was interesting and like to keep in mind with obviously dust is going to come more into play later on. But we're just getting like little breadcrumbs of information and into what that could be. Right. What was that line that Lyra says about that? She doesn't understand any of them. Okay. I can't remember. Well, because she was like, (laughs) okay, maybe that's all it was. Mm -hmm. She was so frustrated by them and like trying to get answers. Yeah. She was just like, God, I just don't understand. um, Josh and I were kind of talking a little bit before we um, got on the, the podcast call, but and we were talking about this idea of trust first deception and how, I mean, up until this point, even like she hasn't really had any adult in her life that hasn't acted in just like ways that are just clouded in deception. Mm-hmm. Um, because even the, you know, even she says like, well, maybe we're maybe we're supposed to keep this safe for Azriel, but then wasn't the master trying to poison the as uh, poison Azriel? So that right. doesn't really make sense either. So she, she was yeah. just like, right, yeah. everybody. In such a short amount of time, she's learned mm-hmm. to question everyone around her, whereas before she was just so trusting of the place where she was at and the mm-hmm. people who basically raised her. And she didn't have a reason to now she finds that or yeah, she found out that the master was trying to poison her uncle, who turns out to be her father. And then (laughs) Coulter is the the head gobbler. Yeah, yeah. When she lost her like support, which was Jordan, you know, or like the uh, Oxford, because everybody knew her. She knew everyone there, you know. And now she knows nobody. She doesn't really know where she's at. And then even then the people that she thought she knew are becoming, you know, turning out to be completely different. Yeah. It's crazy. And it all, I think it all came at the end of the episode when, oh, it was, speaking of, I want to talk about the end of the episode a little bit. Um, okay. The, you know, with the, I don't, yeah, I, what, I'm still not convinced that he's, well, no, he has to be because otherwise Billy and Roger wouldn't be with them. But are they going to take Lyra to the other children? What is this weird power that the yeah. fox with the glowing eyes? Yeah, because he obviously attracted Pan. Yeah, it was this weird, like, she was like, what she couldn't stop are you him. doing? Like, stop. Yeah. Don't fall. And he was just like, nope. Okay. You're like, I'm and- just going to go smell over here. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, some weird power that Mm -hmm. this character has to like draw uh demons specifically because the children like even billy was like to his demon um in the first episode his little squirrel friend so cute (laughs) um he was like don't don't go you know like yeah that's not a good stranger danger yeah the kids so far have been like no but also we've learned that they can't be far from their demons Mm -hmm. so they're kind of 
pulled along yeah, as yeah. well. Pulled, yeah. yeah, and I think the end of the episode did a really good job of that, where Lyra was like, no, mm-hmm. come back, and then ended up like crawling. Like, it was almost like she didn't want to go, but yeah. couldn't yeah. help yeah. it, yeah. uh, but moved forward and ended up like crawling towards Pan, um, which was so, yeah, again, I think it just this sense that you have to be right close proximity. and it's almost like sorry it's almost like you know how kids can be there's also this like very trusting side of them Mm -hmm. and that where like liar was like um hold on we probably shouldn't go over there and pan's like no 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 i gotta go find out what it is there's this curiosity that kind of overlooks like maybe this is dangerous and we shouldn't do it Mm -hmm. yeah um, I also think, like, this is something that I remember from the books, but I, I think they did it in a really, like, subtle way. So they just, like, the etiquette around demons. Um, oh, that was another thing that I wanted to mention. <laughs> like, we haven't really seen demons touch each other. That has not been a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, we saw, like, the monkey attack Pan, but then when it ran into the room when she had like gotten home. Yeah. And it just oh, it was that like, like it. <laughs> Sorry, it was like even Lyra kind of looked at it like what what is happening? So you know, weird. like why are you touching? You know, but mm-hmm. it, it goes back to that kind of pain and then followed up by affection. Right. And that what that does, especially like children that who experience abuse. And how often that is how it works. It is like a... It's like lashing out followed with sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a positive to just like with make a them yeah. unstable. Like it just, mm-hmm. you know, they're never sure. So that yeah. was like... Yeah, that was like <laughs> really so kind of crazy. And then um, so when like Boreal... So we saw like the demon versus demon kind of thing. Um, But then with the journalist at the very end and Boreal like takes her out and brings her in the car and he physically touches her demon, her face complete like shock. And like, Uh that is like, that is like so not okay. Like nobody touches anybody else's demon. It was almost, again, that kind of, like, this imagery of assault, you mm-hmm. know, of the, and he, you know, and before where he was, like, you have such a pretty face for, or such a delicate face for an indelicate act or something like that. I can't remember what he said. And then he touches, he touches her. Yeah. Like, that is, like, in, in a way that, similar to how, like, demon causing pain to another demon felt even more intense than like physical pain like him touching her demon felt like even more of a assault than if he were to actually touch her Mm -hmm. um and then we also learn after when he crushes her demon that when your demon is killed you are also killed so we learn we learn a lot about demons in this episode i feel like oh for sure but i just felt like that was so intense and they did it 
in I think a little bit more subtle of a way because it goes pretty quickly between him just holding her demon and then her him crushing it um but it was like this complete overstepping like you just him touching her mm-hmm. demon was just not good <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wanted to mentioned too I, I really loved the um again we get some good like human demon interaction with um the master of the college when him and boreal are in uh he he confronts him in uh, the chapel and is just like i want to come and see his body and and he's just like no yeah you can't and you only have whatever power i grant you here and then his, um, crow, I think it's like yeah. a, a crow or uh, comes and lands mm-hmm. on his arm and starts like beating its wings and like <laughs> snapping yeah. its beak towards oh, him. Yeah. And, and like in a way that is more mm-hmm. intimidating like than just the master mm-hmm. walking out. But it's, it's yeah. more offensive, I think, because he's like, he's like showing him like, we're not afraid of you and I'm not going to in any way relent to anything that you have to say and in fact you're going to do what i say and then his demon is like showing that Mm -hmm. he's not going to even come close to backing down i thought yeah so cool and it made that scene and then he essentially just ignores it and goes down there anyway (laughs) Uh. (laughs) right yeah i mean obviously i mean right bad dude's gonna do what bad dude's gonna do but evil got um, evil yeah, he's a snake. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a kind of silly question yeah. that I've just been thinking about. So, is, she, so, how do I say this? When we see that they're separated and that becomes, like, a big deal and they're, like, across the apartment from each other. But, like, what about all these demons that are birds? Is it different, or is it just yeah, like, I mean, I... like are birds different? Well, so I know we've seen a few people with if... birds like flying well, near them. You know, yeah. So I think they just have like a Egyptians. limited yeah. space, or maybe it's like different where like it's not necessarily painful, like at an extended range, but like once it gets a little bit farther than that, it could be you know like irritating or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit. You know, irritating. I, haven't... <laughs> I yeah, and I I think that That's funny. I think too. There, those birds are usually. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. at least within yeah, sight alone. But if you're just like, um, I just thought it was like kind of funny because mm-hmm. they're probably going to be at you know an apartment's length away if they're like flying. Yeah, up in yeah. the sky. It could be. And it also, could be I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know, you know, like they send them off before they go into the gobbler hideout place that they're raiding. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, that also so it's cool. probably due to like budgetary reasons because <laughs> I'm sure it's super expensive. Yeah, to yeah. Have to, I mean, like... I think we're getting into that Game mm-hmm. of Thrones a little bit. Uh, where what yeah. why is Ghost gone yeah. so much? Just because they can't <laughs> afford to animate am, animate like, him yeah, all the time um, in some ways. <laughs> you know, like. 
Yeah, I mean there there are times when I am like <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. doing that, but I'm just like yes. okay, yeah, somewhere. I'm sure just a little bit of suspension, just uh, But I want to, I did want to say that, man, I, I know Kate and I have mentioned this a little bit about the Golden Compass and just how, um, while the the film <laughs> itself is pretty pretty lacking. One of the things I thought they did really well was the casting, but boy, did they nail it out of the park in this oh series with John Foss specifically. He he <laughs> freaking kills it, and it is his the character King of the so West. Badass. That is such and, a like I don't know. And like that's a great title. He's just yeah, he just has this presence about him too, and the fact that he's like leading the charge essentially into the the gobbler um hideout and it's just like not not a punk even though he's like yeah one of the older people around and yeah i don't he just has a presence about him whenever he's there like people mm-hmm. are listening and and feel reverence and also yeah. like i believe it whereas i i don't even remember the characterization like, of John like, Fawn in the in the movie, but I know I looked up the actor and it was um Frick, the head butler from uh Really Downton Abbey. It was John Fa in the movie. Yeah. I can't even think of the butler's name. Downton Abbey. Um, okay, but I can see his face. Uh anyway, yeah, anyway, he yeah, that was John Fa and I just can't imagine him being intimidating <laughs> and like uh presence in the film obviously wasn't very memorable compared to Eva Green or um, yeah. uh, Daniel Craig or um, Sam Elliott obviously in their roles but mm-hmm. yeah I just thought it was great just <laughs> when he like pushes Tony out of the way he was just like no <laughs> I'm gonna console her <laughs> yeah which almost makes me wonder if I they mean, were romantically that was, involved I mean that was Billy, pretty close forehead it touching it seems like it <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, are they gonna we haven't seen Paul like, Costa, right so now? who knows? <laughs> I know we haven't, but that they were weird, they, like, old lovers. I mean, it's an old him as part of the Do you think family. Billy is his kid? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, he's not the father. He's just... Okay, <laughs> that's, no, that's true. Like, that's yeah. true. They would have mentioned it if he was the father. <laughs> Like, I don't know. They didn't mention that no. Azrael was <laughs> maybe Myers yeah. Father. Maybe this is just about a whole show bad fathers. fathers. Yeah. People not. It's gonna come out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everybody's Here's everybody. The thing. <laughs> Here's the thing that I thought everybody. was cute was Everybody's the everybody. picture of Billy with his demon being a little kitty cat, and how we normally see him as a squirrel. And I just like the idea that someone. <laughs> took the time to like sketch out this like portrait of them and his demon was like I'm gonna be a cat today <laughs> like I don't know I just thought it was really cute like <laughs> it's like gonna be when it's finally settled it's gonna be that like awkward little kid phase that it went through was like oh man my little kitty cat phase <laughs> <laughs> um I Speaking of Billy, I loved the scene when Roger so like good. finds Billy, and then he like he oh, like puts yeah, his yeah. arm mm-hmm. on his shoulder. I love that actor. 
and it's just like, don't worry, Lyra, mm-hmm. Lyra's gonna find us, and it just like his mm-hmm. undying trust in Lyra to like, she's not gonna leave us, even though we're like, mm-hmm. as far as he knows, she's back in Oxford and and he's far away, but he's like so sure that he's using his mm-hmm. yeah uh, trust in her to console. To console Billy was so cute. Their I think because of that, so yeah, clear. she's gonna have to betray Roger him. Roger and Lyra. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the betrayal. I. Th- I mean, you it makes sense. It would betrayal? hurt the most. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb's just like, what will cause all <laughs> the most the pain to my heart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's pain. whatever like theory you go with. Honestly, yeah, Seeing I think she's cry. not gonna be able to say. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. But it's just I'm, you know, I'm always ready for the worst. Apparently, <laughs> you are. <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> Every other show. <laughs> I sent this to I think um, M, Josh, and Caleb. I don't think I got to send it to Jess yet, but. I have to say, at 44 minutes and 56 seconds, one of the little Egyptian boys, when Mrs. Coulter is speaking, like, mouths her line when she says, I have an announcement to make. It is so cute. I watched it, like, seven times. Oh, I know. I know. Emma Watson. I always think of Emma when I, because, oh, my gosh. Have you seen everyone's mm-hmm. lines of her and her like, <laughs> mouthing everyone's yeah, lines? I thought of that too. <laughs> She's so cute. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Is there anything that we forgot to mention? Um, I mean, we didn't talk very much about the fact that there's a portal <laughs> yeah. to what looks like, like yeah. our world, was which was like, a huge, yeah. huge fucking reveal. Um, but it also just, sh- mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it just shows how much depth was in this episode to also, be like, oh yeah, yeah. And also there's a portal to another, to another universe. Literally, I took notes when I watched the episode. <laughs> And when that part came, I was like, right. Gloria walked through a portal? What the fuck? <laughs> like, and then when mm-hmm. he's talking to that guy, they yeah. are talking about different worlds. And so, and how many, and has Azriel been in in that world? Um, yeah. And how about things. the fact that there is a portal to another world? In Oxford, right, and Azriel's like in the north, like <laughs> as far north, and like I'm looking for it. <laughs> right, that kind of made me laugh when it was like it's literally right there. Yeah, well, and and he asked, yeah, I've I've used this super special <laughs> camera that I developed to be able to see this other thing, and then Boreal is just like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna go behind this, in this locked and greenhouse on and my walk iPhone through to. <laughs> What's interesting is that Boreal literally means of the north or northern regions. Sorry. What? <laughs> I laugh at your pronunciations every Oh, time. it's okay. I it's a stupid laughing. word. Boreal. Borealis. Just Boreal. Boreal. Okay. Boreal. But yeah, that's actually a really good point, but keep going. I won't laugh anymore. Well, I just thought that was interesting that his name is literally of the north, and, you know, he's like, oh, it's... You know, it's sacrilege to talk about the North. And, I mean, he's obviously 
been to not necessarily the north, but he's been to somewhere just as, you know, mysterious as to the north. Yeah, well, I mean, it's worse. He's mm-hmm. like to the ultimate heresy apparently is to say that there are multiple right worlds and he's like living in it. Li- yeah, like chilling, <laughs> like has a car. Right, right. He has a car on his <laughs> iPhone. Oh yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. That was kind of foreshadowing from the beginning that, you know, there's more to this man when it comes to uh uh, his work with the Magisterium and his, you know, his alter uh, motivations and what he's, you know, what he's doing on the side. Because he, he didn't even tell, uh, you know, he didn't tell anybody where he was. So, I don't know. I don't... Yeah. He's... It's very interesting, mm-hmm. again, at the end with the um, the journalist where he was like, if you know who Mrs. Coulter is and you also know who I am. Right. But we don't really know who he is yeah, like we don't i don't think he works like don't. in the magisterium right. right i think he just works like no i don't a consultant so to that one guy who was the father uh that he was talking to in the uh in the first episode he has some kind of connection mm-hmm. to him and he could be like a pi or to... something i don't know he <laughs> might be similar <laughs> right i think he obviously has some kind of connection to mrs coulter as well Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that means the general ablation board or if they are both just obsessed with you know figuring out learning more about dust and are just doing it in similar but different ways i don't know He also knew that it wasn't Groomer's skull just by touching it, and I don't know how. Because <laughs> at first I was like, "Yeah, oh, that was kind of weird." I was like, "Oh, that's pretty like, smart of him," and I was like, "Oh, he's even smarter." Okay, <laughs> he's yeah. He can see I, through it. Well, at first I was like, "I don't." Yeah, I mean, maybe he can't. Maybe something about traveling to another dimension or whatever means like he could see. Yeah. He can dust see through deception. I don't know. Maybe he well, Takes like maybe snake he can to know a snake. see dust. Oh my god! Because <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like, well, maybe he was like killed in another way, and the markings didn't show on the skull, and that's mm. how he knew. But he is like pretty convinced that uh, Groomer is still alive. Right. So I don't know how he just right. touched a. Uh, a a polished up skull and was like, nope, not yeah. him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if he's got some something that we'll learn about later. Maybe. Right. <laughs> some special powers. I don't I know. I thought his snake was pretty cool though. I was just like kinda like just in his jacket all the time, like wrapped around <laughs> his arm or something. <laughs> Fucking his little head cool. off. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, um, does anyone but uh, <laughs> M want to take a guess about the next episode? Yes, I know. Since, I yeah, <laughs> someone someone might have cheated and watched it with um, mom and dad. Well, I think I've already said most of my predictions, uh, but I don't know Repeat what specifically. Them again on the list? Yeah, I don't specifically know if it's going to happen next episode. Say or the what. one. Say the one about the magic um, monkey again. The magic monkey that someone was turned into a monkey and they're like working for her. Okay. That's it, prediction number one. Yeah, it could be like an assistant or something. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. She's going to turn into a, yeah, exactly. I mean, a power and thing. she'll have two monkeys. monkeys. She'll be like, she's just trying to be the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> That's the it. Her flying they monkeys. Fly. Um, okay, version <laughs> number two. I'm trying to remember. I think we might, I think we might finally see, um, what is it, Asriel and Mrs. Coulter. Uh, they might. I think that they might meet next episode. Yeah, we might see them together because we've learned about Azriel. Now we've learned about Miss Coulter. Together. Now, unless it does like you know, it focuses on someone completely different other than Lyra. I think Azriel's going to come back in the picture. Uh, hopefully, I would like to see that happen after you know. Now that she knows, she knows the big secret. But we right. might actually, you know, she, I forgot she got abducted. So I don't really, you know, I think. Who knows? Know. Yeah, honestly, who knows? It will be mm-hmm. really interesting when he comes back, now that she knows. Yeah. She couldn't yeah. even say the word father, really. Like, she had, she kept saying, like, mm-hmm. Lord Asriel, or, like, every time she would start to say father, she couldn't finish it. I so think really his distance, to back together. I think his distance, I think, was easier for her to take when it was her uncle. Oh, yeah. And really, really hard for her with the discovery of right she just kept saying mm-hmm. he lied he's a liar like she couldn't comprehend yeah. that he had kept that from her like that's yeah. heartbreaking yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm interested to see what what happens i mean i'm hoping that we mm-hmm. get to the north in this this episode um i mean right know, we know that the children are at least going going up there so if uh with Lyra's we'll abduction, hopefully that means that we'll, <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll get, we'll all get to go up to the north. Right. So, right. So maybe because we're so I think yeah, I think we're all gonna meet at the north. I'm gonna get Roger and Billy and Lyra <laughs> and Coulter. We're all meeting in the north. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was gonna say we need to have a Lyra. That and little Roger baby is so cute. Reunite, mm-hmm. Reuniting next episode. <laughs> He's so cute, and he can just cry like so much. I just think it's so like when little children actors cry, it like really hurts mm-hmm. my he heart. He definitely is. I, I just think he's talented. Okay, sweet. Just you have any other all the reunited moment? <laughs> and be a family no, I just want again. To reunite. I also like with Miss Coulter being the most like right now to me like the most interesting and the the one that we well I mean we haven't we're still learning about everyone but um I'm still really interested mm-hmm. to see yeah more of her character unfold right. in the next episode because we just keep getting more and more from her <laughs> especially just because she's been so dynamic yeah <laughs> <laughs> like a <roller laughs> like whiplash <laughs> mm-hmm I don't have any predictions. Yeah. I just have like what I want to see. Sweet. Nice. Well, we will be back for episode three. <laughs> <laughs> do we just do we just leave recording? Should we say bye? <laughs> <laughs> Should we tell each other um, goodbye? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, gone. yeah gone. Caleb just like <laughs> All right, see you. <laughs> Catch you on the fourth of the flop. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the siblingscast and Twitter at siblingscast. 
and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a review. We'll see you next week. Uh, intro music. Are you at the end of one episode? You just have to say, have your you going yeah. intro music. <laughs> that would be okay. funny. Sorry. Intro music. <laughs>